A no-nonsense introduction today to the March 18th, 2023 edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement to mark a Saturday just before the equinox in a time of rapid change as the first blooms travel through the air on winds that no one really understands. I'm Sean Tubbs, ready to get straight to the information. On today's program, a shooting in a parking lot on Ellywood Avenue early this morning killed a 26-year-old Charlottesville man, and the shooter is still at large at publication time. The UVA representative on the Charlottesville Planning Commission gives an update, and I fill in more of the details. A 245-unit apartment complex on East High Street could still go before the Charlottesville Planning Commission, and there will be a delay in the next set of rules for Charlottesville's zoning code. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Rivanna Conservation Alliance wants wildlife and nature photographers to enter their second annual photography contest. They want high-resolution photos related to the Rivanna watershed, and the winning entries will be displayed at the 2023 Rivanna Riverfest on May 20th. The two categories are 16 and under, and those over the age of 17. You can send in two entries, and the work might be used to supplement Rivanna Conservation Alliance publications. For more information, visit rivannariver.org. Anyone with emergency text alerts activated from University of Virginia Public Safety Communications got a message at 2.07 a.m. this morning that shots had been fired in a parking lot on Ellywood Avenue in Charlottesville's Corner District. A shelter-in-place order was issued, and the suspect was at large. As more information came out, the Charlottesville police reported that 26-year-old Cody Brian Smith of Charlottesville died at 5.31 a.m. The suspect is still at large and might be in a silver four-door sedan, potentially. Anyone with information is asked to contact Detective Rains of CPD's Criminal Investigations Division at 970-3266, or you can submit an anonymous tip. That information is in the newsletter. Last night on social media, the police also reported a second shooting at 8th Street and Hardy Drive, but stated it was not known if they were related. This is the latest in a series of shooting incidents. To see all of the data that is available to the public, visit the Regional Citizen Connect site operated by the Charlottesville-Albemarle UVA Emergency Communications Center. There's a link for that in the newsletter. There were two homicides in Charlottesville in 2019, four in 2020, and none in 2021. In order to make sure that information is all from the CPD's annual reports, and the 2022 report is not yet available, I asked for information on how many shootings and how many homicides there have been so far this year, and that data was not available at the time of my request. The rest of today's newsletter uses the March 14th meeting of the Charlottesville Planning Commission as its primary source material. There's a lot to go through, and I didn't even get even close to all of it. The commission got an update from Bill Palmer, their non-voting representative from the Office of the University of Virginia's Architect. The terms of the 1986 three-party agreement on planning states that this position is to exist. We have a number of large projects going on. All of those projects are planned by the Office of the Architect, which is overseen by a master planning council. 
While those meetings are not public, the presentations are made available. That three-party agreement requires a member from both the Albemarle and Charlottesville planning commissions. Major construction is underway at the moment on the Ivy Road corridor, with a new hotel and convention center, the Karsh Institute for Democracy, and the School of Data Science, which are all at different levels in the building process. All of those were anticipated in plans, which are all available on the architect's website. But it is good to hear directly from a member of the office. Here's Bill Palmer. McIntyre School is doing an, uh, an expansion onto Cobb Hall over by Brandon Avenue, that area in JPA, as well as uh, at the athletics area. There's a new athletics building for Olympic sports, but before that, uh, football operations buildings. But the impact of what the University of Virginia decides to do is not limited to Charlottesville. Palmer also reported on the Board of Visitors' recent first step in approving a major transformation coming to the Fontaine Research Park in Albemarle County. Concept, site and design guidelines, which is kind of the first step in the design process for capital projects at TVA, were approved for a number of projects at Fontaine to kind of enable the uh, biotech institute that that was announced um, for that site. Now, this next paragraph comes from a story I wrote on March 3rd. Paul and Diane Manning donated $100 million to UVA for the Institute, which will be built on what is now a surface parking lot at Fontaine and next to existing buildings used for biotechnology research. This is part of a master plan adopted by the Board of Visitors in September of 2018. And then there was another concept site design uh guidelines approved for the Center for Politics, which is actually in the county off of Old Ivy Road. It's a map in the three-party agreement from 1986 puts this in what's known as Area B. Here's a section from that agreement. Area B includes land which lies at the boundaries of or between the university and either the city or the county and on which the activities of any or all three of the parties might have an effect. While the agreement is in effect, note that neither Palmer nor anyone else continues to use the phrase Area B. There used to be a public body called the Planning and Coordination Council that met to discuss Area B issues openly. But City Council and the Albemarle Board of Supervisors voted to disband it in late 2019. But the plans themselves are public. The Center for Politics project is perhaps the first step towards implementing the Ivy Gardens Master Plan, which went before the Board of Visitors in June of 2021. The center will be renovated in place and will anchor one half of a new central green. In terms of infrastructure, a very important fact is the new driveway for the Center for Politics will connect to Leonard Sandridge Drive and not Old Ivy Road. Concern over the ability of Old Ivy Road to handle existing traffic led the Albemarle Planning Commission to recommend denial of a rezoning for 525 units to the west of Ivy Gardens. However, the Board of Supervisors approved the project earlier this month after members expressed confidence in potential transportation solutions. The Charlottesville Planning Commission didn't hear any of that, though. Planning Commissioner Hosea Mitchell was absent this week, so he could not report from a recent meeting of the Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee. That's the closed-door group where UVA, Charlottesville, and Albemarle staff exchange information that is not yet required to be publicly available. Isaiah, if he was here, would probably uh, 
recount the Lupec meeting that he attended where um, Fontaine is going to be kind of ground zero for a lot of projects coming up uh, with us, the city and their smart scale project, as well as um, some VDOT county um, smart scale projects as well. So there's going to be a lot going on there. How is the public to know any of this? If this newsletter did not exist, how would any of you know this information? How would you know that the city's Fontaine Avenue streetscape project has been delayed and that the city requested and received additional funding from the Commonwealth Transportation Board? Anyway, become a paid subscriber so I can continue to piece these pieces together. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and time for another subscriber-supported public service announcement. Remember a time when there was no live music during the pandemic? Now it's back, and I highly recommend you check out what's happening and getting out there to hear people who are out there waiting for you to be the audience. A great place to start is the Charlottesville Jazz Society and their running list of events. The Charlottesville Jazz Society is dedicated to the promotion, preservation, and perpetuation of all jazz, and that the best thing you can do now is to go check out some music. That's at seavillejazz.org. more segments to go today. The developers of a proposed 245-unit apartment building on East High Street along the Rivanna River submitted a third version of a preliminary site plan in late February, around the same time that Charlottesville City Council agreed to hire a firm to appraise the potential value of the site. This week, the deputy director of the Department of Neighborhood Development Services reported that a third round of comments has now been sent out. Those documents are not easily available without requesting them, and it's Saturday. But Missy Creasy said a round of public comment recently may lead to a planning commission review of the site plan. So the code allows for the commission, even though this is a ministerial uh, review, the the code does allow for the commission to call up a site plan that um, wouldn't necessarily come forward. And I understand that we are likely to get um, uh, paperwork from this body to do that. This possibility was first mentioned at the October meeting of the Charlottesville Planning Commission, as I reported at the time. Several took advantage of the public comment period to make their views known, including this resident of Goodman Street. Here is Sam Gilliant. The proposal is concerning because it involves a massive amount of fill dirt that would be placed in the 100-year floodplain uh, to elevate the buildings and the surface parking. Fill dirt is the worst way to elevate structures because it increases the risk of flooding to properties around it, and on a large enough scale, it can also change the flow and velocity of the river in flood events. Gillian said the Planning Commission has a role to play under state code to review the effect of such an artificial topographical change would have on public facilities, such as roads and utility lines. Stay tuned. This week, those following the rewriting of Charlottesville zoning code had expected to be able to review the second module of the new draft. The first was released in early February, 
and set out the basic rules for what could be built and where. The second will add more details on items such as parking, landscaping, and affordability requirements. Here's James Fries, the Director of Neighborhood Development Services. Given circumstances really outside of our control, I'm having to exercise uh, what I said early on, that we may need to change our release schedule. Fries said the second module is now anticipated to be released on March 29th. Circumstances arose at the end of last week and being this week that kind of put us in the position that we need to push out. A city council and planning commission work session scheduled for that day will still be held. That will now be an introduction to the second set of rules, which will also include the details for inclusionary zoning and for sensitive communities where displacement of black households is more likely to occur. We're going to aim for like a a late morning, noonish release. Stay tuned. We'll be there soon. we've come to the end of number 511 and thank you for bearing with the schedule disruptions i am the sole employee of town crier productions a company that i am hoping to grow to help keep producing this content well into the future now the business part is a level of complexity i hope to master in the coming months but for now there's a lot of material to process thank you for being at this point in the newsletter and thank you to all of the paid subscribers who get us all here If you are not a paid subscriber, there is no pressure ever to do so. But this work does depend on subscriptions. I will not ever take grant funding, for that usually comes with strings about how the reporting should be done. I base my decisions on a career of writing about these topics, building trust day in and day out. And if you sign up through Substack, Ting will match your initial payment. That really helps me out as I figure out what the next step is going to be. What I really want to do is train people to do this work. I just have to make sure I can pay. Your paid subscription will help me on the way. 